This is Talking Business. I'm joined now by Mike Halligan, who's the co-founder of Scratch, which is a um, digital online pet food business. That's it. Nice to be here. G'day, Mike. Um, thanks for coming. Now, um, uh, you started the business 12 months ago. What skills did you bring to what? What made you think of doing that? I think it's digital marketing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I had a marketing background, so I was um, I was running marketing um, and managing. Uh, over the previous few years, a bunch of kind of direct-to-consumer brands over the internet, um, some that were in retail stores and also had big e-commerce operations, but um, largely it was kind of cutting out the middleman, selling directly to, to consumers and um, and kind of building that customer relationship through digital channels. So what made you think of doing it through dog food? Uh, it was actually, so I don't know if you heard, uh, early 2018, there was a bunch of recalls and some pet food that ended up killing a few dozen dogs, hundreds of them got sick. Um, and I was kind of... Really? Yeah, I yeah. I, was, no, I didn't hear that. What, no, which was a, brand it was, was a horrible it? thing. Uh, one called Advance, one of the Mars brands. Um, it was yeah, a terrible thing that happened. And there was a bunch of other recalls that kind of happened in the same year. In America, there was a massive kind of history of recalls, of something like um, every six weeks a, a brand gets recalled, something like that. So, um, yeah, I was, I was kind of... I had a bit of energy to kind of sink my teeth into a side project or just something, and then all of a sudden I kind of... Uh, just tried to work out how you know how does this happen? How do you how do you have a seemingly multi billion dollar industry that's able to put out products that um that uh, basically can you know harming the, the animals that they're actually supposed to be helping? Um, so I kind of ended up in the rabbit hole of working out how this giant pet food industry operates, and ended up uh, ended up quitting my job pretty quickly and saying, all right, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but. You know, there's got to be a better way for a better food. Well, of course, the question is, how did you do it? What exactly was involved? Because you had to put together a recipe, yeah, and then, and then get someone to make it, right? Yeah. So, uh, luckily, I found the perfect co-founder for, for that because my background is definitely not in making dog food. Um, it's you know, into understanding what consumers want um, and sort of just making common sense. You know, dog foods making dogs a lot of dogs sick. A lot of people are um, kind of making home cooked meals because they don't trust what you know, the big companies um, are putting out there. So I was able to put that together and um, came up with a way of improving the dog food itself. So I was saying, okay, well, if dog food's bad, why is it bad? You know, so it started with the ingredients and all the cost pressures of being in retail. So distributors, distributors, wholesalers, retail store, all the staff and rent they've got to pay, um, which makes sense for a lot of things. But I thought it didn't make sense for a thing like dog food, which you buy so regularly. It's, you know, it's consumable that you're buying on a set routine. Your dog eats the same amount every day. You shouldn't be, you know, paying up to 50% store markup every single time for a product like that. So I thought, okay, well, if if I sold it directly to a customer, cut out all those mar- margins in the middle, I could spend a lot more on the ingredients. And instead of having the cost pressures of saying, okay, well, the price of this has gone down, I'm going to go to a cheaper version, and, you know, the ingredients keep getting whittled down while the price remains the same. Um, we got sort of more margin to play with to make a better food, um, make it digital first so there's a customer interaction, there's a relationship there, we can be completely transparent in the way the industry's not, um, and it's sort of a com- provide a different it's, shopping It experience. seems to me the, the, the key or the, the key difference in your recipe is broad beans and chickpeas, which... I'm, I'm imagining is cheaper than the padding that uh, Mars and the big uh, the big companies use. Yeah, so um, most a lot of a lot of dog food uses grains, which obviously super cheap to get. Uh, if you're if you're to say, all right, let's not have any grains, then a lot of the food uses um, starches, so tapioca and potato, um, or heavily processed kind of 
me greedy that's from overseas. So China's really good at providing cheap processed vegetables. Um, so we just use only whole Australian ingredients, so broad beans, chickpeas, and then we've got um, you know turmeric, a little bit of pumpkin. We've got lots of lots of other stuff in there, but um, pretty much just ninety. We're ninety eight percent Australian. So um, how did you come up with the recipe? What, um, so my what, business, what? I got super lucky. Um, along the way, I met my business partner, Doug, who actually worked in the pet food industry. So he'd been making food for a lot of the big brands and designing recipes for the last seven or eight years and pretty much, you know, had that same disillusionment with, uh, you know, I keep, you know, designing what a really good food looks like and it ends up being turned into something else because of cost pressures. So he was pretty fed up with it, and I, I guess I met him and was introduced to him at the right time, and then he, he agreed to do this with me. And, um, yeah, he developed the recipe um, with an animal nutritionist as well, So um, and then sort of on me to market it. <laughs> so, uh, um, uh, as I say, broad beans and chickpeas, I think it's like about 50% broad beans and chickpeas. Yeah, about and that, then yeah. And then 28% kangaroo. Yep, that's right. So why kangaroo? Uh, well, kangaroo, so from a nutritional basis um, – a lot of the traditional meats like chicken and beef and, and lamb, they cause a lot of allergies in dogs. As I guess dogs have been fed the same thing for, for years now. And so they're actually there's a lot of dogs increasing the amount they get um, skin irritation, stomach intolerances to those meats. So um, kangaroo is uh, lean, it's high protein, um, and it, it pretty much very, very few dogs are actually, you know, have any have any issues with it as a meat. And then on the ethical side of it. Um, that was what really attracted us to it because, you know, meat processing industries are horrible, horrible things at the best of times. And um, and we wanted to, you know, make a brand and a business and a product that you could sort of buy with a cleaner conscience and, and know that, um, know that the, I guess, the footprint of your decision to feed your dog this food was, um, was kind of in a better place. So uh, kangaroo is, a bit, you know, far more ethically sourced than that. Um, in that uh, it's sort of the meat source is part of the government culling program, so it's sort of not, you know, animals aren't put on trucks and have this horrible quality of life and that, you know, it's quick quick um, end of life as well. And, um, and as well, uh, there are sort of councils that um, sp- specific hunters can basically be accredited to a certain level of humane um, and of skill and also humane um, animal sourcing as well. So you can sort of get more traceability to make sure that animals are sourced in the correct way. They're not suffering any more than they should or could. Um, and at the end of the day as well, you've, you've got a product that's been well fed off, you know, uh, instead of, you know, ingredients full of hormones and sprays and that kind of thing. It's just... Yeah. Yeah. No, good on you. So your, what you brought to the table was digital marketing. So what was the key to to getting it off the ground. I suppose I should ask you, after 12 months, how's the business going? Yeah, it's going really, really well, thanks. Um, it was probably slow to get, <clears throat> a lot slower than I thought it would be to get started because I probably, um, it probably took really a good six or seven months to get trust because that was the key ingredient that was missing with the pet fish. Did you have to raise no some capital? Uh, we, raised, we raised about 80 grand, so not much at all, <clears throat> considering you're making you know, tons and tons. I think yeah, our first order was around 10 tons of dog food. Who makes it for you? Uh, so we've got a, a manufacturing partner in Sydney. Right. Um, yeah, and, and now it's growing twenty to forty percent month on month, going pretty crazy. Um, so, it's sort of like once we hit that, been around for long enough, enough customers would um, would talk about us and recommend us, and you go to the website, and our average reviews five star, and um, all these things kind of combined, and then now it's uh, <laughs> it's yeah. kind of like we're probably gonna we'll raise some money soon just to be able to keep up with demand. But yeah, it's growing. So, what's the what's been the key to the marketing of it? What have what have you been doing? Um, um, we we tried to do the hard stuff early. 
So that was go to events, make our own, you know, create our own events, meet people, actually, you know. What sort don't, of events? Don't, uh, so that, we actually launched with a dog photo shoot. So you could, you could come down, we made a play area for the dogs, and then you get a professional photo shoot of your right. dog. So things like that. And then the dog lovers show, I don't know if you've ever been there in Melbourne, 40,000 dog lovers in the one building over a two-day period at Royal Exhibition Centre. Um, so we splashed a lot of money on being there because it's a you know, pretty did that expensive work? thing. Um, not in any attributable way. You know, like, so you, you look at the sales stats at the end of the day and the emails you got and sales converted, it didn't. But then a month later, all of a sudden, you know, web traffic's enormous. Sales are, sales are just completely ramped up. Um, I mean, you're a subscription business. Yeah. Um, so do you, are you marketing it uh, as a kind of a normal subscription business? Um, yeah, so subscription's tricky. We have to, we basically have to market, yes, we are subscription dog food, um, but with incomplete control because a lot of subscription is like I feel like I'm going to get locked in. I don't want to. I don't want to end up with something I'm not going to use because subscriptions often been um, a product you forget about and you're getting charged twelve months later, or it's been a box of new stuff to your door every month. So we are um, food when you need it and when you want it. And so what we actually try to do as part of that, we um, will tell you how long the box will last for your dog. So you enter your dog's details and it says, okay, well, your, um, your Cavoodle, this box will last 43 days. We'll send you a new box every 43 days. So it's sort of subscription is really making it more convenient to know how much to feed your dog and to not have to go out, out to the store and buy a massive bulk bag of food. We can send you a smaller oh, so box. So you take the dog's details, the, the weight yeah. and, and all that stuff, what sort of dog they are, and then you tell the client how much to feed them, do you? Yeah, exactly. So it oh, works right. out how many calories that dog would require based on that age, breed, activity level, body shape. Oh, I see. And then we say, okay, well, our box of our food, uh, which is smaller than the bulk bags because we like to send the fresher food more often with free shipping. So we say, okay, that box will last X amount of days and then X amount of days we send that you add a new one and then you've got complete control to change that if you want to, if you mix feed or you want to slow it down or if you're going on a holiday, you've got sort of all these tools in the back end to kind of make it flexible. But and how'd you come up with the name? Uh, well, we're thinking we we're trying to think. Uh, well, we're trying to fix the pet what industry. What do dogs from do? Scratch. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, you started well, from scratch. We kind of in a few levels there. Um, but yeah, we were thinking. All right, we want to fix the pet industry from scratch, and then it, it kind of got whittled down to scratch. And I thought oh, that's kind of catchy. <laughs> that's great. Well done, Mike. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Alan. I've been talking to Mike Halligan, who's the co-founder of Scratch, the subscription dog food business. <laughs> 